Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. There's going to be a time in your life, if you haven't hit that already, where things aren't going exactly the way you pictured they would be. And sometimes you, you need to ask for help. And a lot of times we don't do that for many different reasons. And we're going to dig into those reasons today when we talk with John and Laura Erickson. And they are the owners uh, and also Life Transformers, by the way, at Finding Freedom Life Transformation. They help people all the time. And I said, I, yes, I use the word help all the time in changing their lives, transforming their lives. Doesn't matter how old you are. They're there for you. And they're with us today. John and Laura, welcome. How are you guys doing? Steve, we're doing pretty good down here in our Florida weather. <laughs> yeah, you. It, it was kind of it was kind of cold down there for a while, right? It was. It was. We had a little cold front. It was like, I mean, for here, yeah, like fifty. That's called winter. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not actually winter here. Usually, it's more like seventy. And I had to ask for a lot of help. During that time, wow! Because I don't, I don't do winter, so this is a perfect segue. <laughs> yeah, you know, there. Okay, so the weather, nice weather, definitely helps. But there's a lot of times you need more. And it's funny, I was thinking, I'm very musically driven, so I was thinking of so many songs with the the title Help that comes in my my head. One of them, The Beatles. I mean, it's just you know a classic. And 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 these lyrics are kind of apropos help me if you can i'm feeling down and i do appreciate you being around help me get my feet back on the ground won't you please please help me i mean there's somebody asking for help but why do many of us not do that is it our pride is are we embarrassed to ask for help from let's say somebody like you guys who uh, do counseling and transform lives well first of all i need to comment on the fact that you always have a song and i love that so way to go keeping that up Oh, I could go out, listen on the help topic. I could go on forever. There's <laughs> help is on the way by the little river band. It was a hit in 1978. Joni Mitchell helped me 1974. I could just stop me. <laughs> and they still have them, right? Yeah. And you're so correct that there are so many different reasons. I mean, they're just running through my head right now. And um, the first, one of the biggest ones is I think that, especially in American and I know other cultures, because we actually do work with quite a few cultures, like Hmong and um, Japanese, Chinese, Hmm. these cultures have also affirmed that they were raised to just kind of suck it up buttercup. Um, They have different things, obviously, than suck it up buttercup, but I think a lot of the times we're raised to just make sure everything looks like it's okay. Everything's okay. Just as long as you kind of put the mask on when you're out, then that's the way we get through things. And thankfully, culture is changing some, but there's still the stigma that someone is weak if they ask for help. So kind of throwing culture and the idea of someone being weak in there is my first thought when it comes to what's a barrier of asking for help. Mm. You know, I didn't think of it as a cultural thing. It's certainly a generational thing. And it's funny, if you look at an older, in American culture, if you look at at an older generation, exactly the same thing. Keep pushing forward. Don't show your vulnerability. And if you're younger now, it's you don't want to be judged 
by asking for help. And social media doesn't help with that. It just paints this picture that everybody's great. I'm doing fantastic. Where it's 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 truly not the reality, right? That's definitely not the reality. And I had actually gone away from social media years ago. Like I stopped going on Facebook. I had deleted my Instagram. The only reason now, like I'll <clears throat> use Instagram a little bit just because of the dogs and they're really cute. Um, and then <laughs> once in a while, so I'll, I'll post some stuff and then business reasons, right? Cause you know, you need to use that a little bit for business. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a big reason why I got rid of it was because it put on this front for me that everything was going great, that I was, I was doing well, you know, like, and, and it would always be these positive posts and, you know, I did bodybuilding. So in, a bit embarrassingly, so, you know, the shirtless pictures and the, you know, just everything looked so good and I was not okay and it is such a platform to hide you know like it's really the perfect platform to hide and um you know until people get sick of hiding um you know that that it's it's funny I have a, a a man named Franny who I love and he's up in Pennsylvania and um he always gave me great guidance and he would always say that until he was backed up into a corner, he wasn't like ready or willing to make a change. And mm. I think that's common for a lot of people, like being backed up into a corner in terms of, of like, I have nothing left in me. Like, I, I can't do anything else. I'm, I'm stuck. I'm at my lowest point. And, and you know, I, I don't fully understand why it takes, us or, or a lot of people getting to their lowest point to ask for help. There are those who, who ask for help prior to hitting their lowest point because they don't want that to happen. And a lot of people really need to hit their lowest point in order to ask for help. And that's, it's sad, you know, and, and, um, and it's just, you know, uh, it, it's, it, it's sad, you know, because they don't have to go all the way down uh, in order to start to make that change in their life that they they so badly desire. Mm. And just to add one thing to that, because I know you have something to say, Steve, is that they I think people also wait until they're at their lowest point because they want to be feel like it's bad enough now. It's bad enough that I can ask for help. Like, you know, I was kind of okay before, but I need it be bad enough and I'm doing air quotes but you can't see them and what is bad enough like it can always get lower right and um, it's so sad that people have to wait and that's something we really want to change the culture of asking for help sooner you know I think it it also goes back to something that somebody told me this is about 16 years ago, I left the job after being there for many, many years. I mean, dream job, it was time to go. I was there for like two and a half decades. And somebody who was very insightful told me that when, and and it was a mutual departure, but I was at the point where I was like, now what am I going to do? Like, you know, OMG, I got to support a family. What, what What's next? And he said, when you're at your lowest point, you're the most humble. So just what you guys are saying you know, when we get to that point where I can't get any lower, now I'm the most humble and now I can open up. And I'm going to go back to some song lyrics, stand by. 
But this says all what you guys are saying. This song came out in 1977 by a group called the Little River Band. Had a bunch of hit songs. And this is actually a pop song. It's not like a slow, sleepy song. What's it like inside the bubble? Does your head ever give you trouble? It's no sin. Trade it in. So when when we hear the bubble, to me, that's like social media now. You're just living in this bubble like everything's great. No, it's not. And the song goes on to say, hang on, help is on its way. I'll be there as fast as I can. That would be you guys. Hang on, a tiny voice did say, from somewhere deep inside the inner man. So it's saying like, I need help. I need help. But I waited. I waited till (laughs) I really, really, really needed it. But we don't need to do that. And isn't it also counterproductive to wait till it's like the last minute when you really, really need help, when you could be working on it? along the way, and things would be so much better? It really can be. And it is. Y- yeah, it is. That's the truth. It is. And the sad part is that sometimes people will do that. I'm, I'm going to get to the happy part. Sometimes people will do that, and they will say, well, I just don't understand why I feel this way. Until, And that's why they wait. Like, they say, I don't understand. Like, nothing bad has happened. I, I mm. just feel... I just feel bad, and then they stop. And what I want to say is that is the right time, and we help you figure out what is going on to make you feel that way. It's not wait until I'm at rock bottom when I know I am I am on the edge of the cliff. It doesn't have to be, quote-unquote, that bad. If, you, if someone is feeling depressed or full of anxiety or just done, just feeling done, and they don't have a reason. Sometimes that's what stops them. And that's what we're here. There's always a reason. And we're here to help them find that reason. Yeah, and it, it's always our story. Like, it, it's minimizing our story. Like, people compare and, and they, you know, can say, you know, I had a mother say to me once about her daughter, uh, you know, what does she have to be depressed about, you know? And... And we thought about the story, her story, and I, and I said, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean, what does she have to be depressed about? I said, can you, can you sit here and think about that for a second? And, um, and, and we, we looked back at her daughter's story, and it was like this, you know, she, she got pretty quiet, you know, and it was like a, um, when that's a message that we're giving to our children or our friends or our students or our you know, like, how are we going to ever feel safe or feel like our story matters or feel like it even makes sense to ask for help when that's the message that we're getting? Like, it's, oh, well, what do you have? I mean, like, look, I grew up, we had money. My dad owned a general contracting company in the city, very, very successful. I did not want for anything. He threw money at problems, you know. I mean, I, I remember him saying, uh <laughs> He gave me a credit card when I was, like, 15 or 16. He said, I'm tired of you asking me for, for money. Um, and, like, like that's how I grew up, you know. And I didn't have a want when it came to things like that financially. And behind the scenes, there was so much going on, right? Like, there was so much going on. And people can look at that and say, oh, well, you had all this money. I mean, you didn't have any problems, or you didn't. You know, what could you have possibly gone through, right? And then I tell them my story, and they don't have any many words, right? And um, it's, it's, it's so unfortunate that 
that when misunderstood, you know, when people are misunderstood, it makes it so hard for them to ask for help because it's not validated. Like, it's not validated that they have any reason to feel the way that they're feeling. And when it comes from a parent or a teacher or a person of authority, I mean, that's like, that's really, honestly, disgraceful. And it, it really, it, it upsets me that that is something that happens because, um, you know, and I know it's generational and I know that um, there are parents that had parents that did the same thing and then their parents did the same thing and, you know, maybe it's gotten a little better each time with each generation and, and still it's like, do we want to seek to understand? You know, like, like do we want to seek to understand so that then, uh, that person is able to ask for help. Like a child doesn't know to ask for help, especially if what they've lived through has been minimized. And, you know, like money is such a huge thing. Like it's like this thing that, you know, it can cover up and mask yeah. all the things that are actually going on, you know, and, and um, it's just so skewed, the the perception of, of what people with money may be going through and um and this is where you know we talked about that connection and separation thing right uh last week or, or the week before and um you know asking for help is impossible when you don't have people around you that are validating the fact that you need it the fact that what you're feeling is valid the fact that what you live through is painful and it makes sense that you feel the way that you feel. Isn't it amazing that when you get to that point where, you know, you got some challenges and, and you just want to be happy, it's like money doesn't mean anything. It's a, it, it, what's the point? You know, yes, it helps you in terms of less stress, but if you can't find what's wrong within you, uh, every dollar is not going to, you know, all the, all that money, you know, is not going to make a difference. And then, you know, illustrating that John is what you said, you know, your dad threw money at the, I, it sounds like at the problem, here you go. Yeah. Here's more money. Didn't solve the problem though. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. There was no, there wasn't emotional support and he and I, we built a relationship and there's been so much forgiveness and grace and understanding. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and also, you know, like, like, Yes, that's what he did. He didn't know how to have an emotional relationship. He didn't know how to ask me if I was okay when, you know, my brother was out of the psych ward or the ER or the intensive care unit or rehabs or whatever. You know, it was, you'd think that a parent would go ask the other children how they're handling it and how they're doing, you know. And um, when that doesn't happen, like, you know, well, what, how do you even ask? for help, you know, like, I, you don't, we're not, we're not taught this, you know, we're just not taught how to ask for help, and, like, there should be a class on this in school, like, we think about school and what they teach, and, like, there are these things that just do not get taught, you know, like, relationship skills, like, how to, how to communicate with one another, how to, how to love one another, how to, you know, ask for help, you know, like, we are not taught these things growing up. And, you know, um, math is great. English is great. There are benefits. That's awesome. You know, there are benefits to all those things. And also, what about real life? What about when life happens, right? Like, it, it, is, it is so discouraging 
and there will be changes made, and that is where we come in. Like, we are safe. We come from a place of love. We come from a place of understanding because we were never understood, and we will not allow that anymore. You know, we just won't allow it. We will understand and seek to understand and help when someone asks for that help. And that 1% willingness is all they need, 1%. And then the door opens more and more and more, and all of a sudden they love coming to sessions. They can't wait till Thursday or Tuesday or whatever day it is because they are so thankful that they asked for that help and that they're actually getting it and being seen and heard and, um, you know, not overlooked. Uh, it's really beautiful, you know, and we, we just, it's beautiful what we do. And I will say that we, we really are just, what we do, we are really, really good at it. And I'm not ashamed to say that. We are gifted in the ability of understanding other people because we've lived it and because we truly care. Truly care. Other two words I feel that best describe you guys. And that doesn't mean that other life transformers, counselors, therapists, that doesn't mean they don't care. But sometimes you need right. to give some extra care when needed. And then that's the difference what you guys provide. You're always there. Somebody needs to talk to you outside of a session quick text, whatever it might be, needs need a little bit of support, uh, you're there. Do you find that when you work with people, they're so not used to working with somebody that's going to help transform their life and they don't know what to expect. So it's kind of uncomfortable until they do. And then they, they get the aha moment and say, well, wow, why did I wait so long? Because that was really good. Sometimes. Generally, people that come to us, like we give a free consultation, right? And from that moment, they're like, I would say 99% of them are like, I am so ready for this because now I've heard what I actually need. I've been other places. And yes, there are other great, amazing therapists out there or we wouldn't be where we are. Um, and at the same time, it's like because we show them exactly what we're talking about in our free consultation, they're, they're, they're like this is exactly what I've been looking for that I don't have. And a lot of it is that it's not a one in one hour and then see you next week. And here's my cell phone number. You use it as you want. Some people use it a lot. Some people use it a little. It's, it's totally up to them. And it's, yes, it can be scary for sure. Definitely for the younger ones, I would say um, it's a little bit scarier uh, more often than, than adults because we also work with children and up, um, sometimes they can be a little bit more scared because of the judgment that you talked about because of what are what is one of my parents going to think. Um, there's a lot of things that prohibit them from feeling that safety right away. But truly, once people meet us, they kind of love us. Mm, because you know, it's, 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 it's real. It's, it's real. It's a true relationship that gets formed. Um, why do people wait, though? I'm, I'm trying to get my arms around that. I was never like that. Maybe I'm you know, not a typical guy, but I always realize that your friends are only going to take you so far. Do you think that a lot of people look at it that way? Well, you know, I can talk to my friends. I can talk to my family. And, I, you know, that, that's good enough. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Do you think that's the mentality? Well, I think it can be. And I also think there's something else I wanted to bring up. And then I think, okay, so... I also think that people look around them at other people and go, you know, like, 
they've got it worse. I'm of kind of that mentality that you're talking about, and it comes from comparing. Mm. Like, they've got it worse than me. I'm doing all right compared to them, so who am I to ask for help? And especially within family, if there is mental health going on, say with one family member, like John said, there's like an identified patient and or within a friend group even. There's an identified someone who, who is the one that's like really struggling and needs help. Well, I'm not in a position then to ask for help because they are the one who actually needs all the help and support. Yeah, yeah. And, <clears throat> excuse me, to answer your question, uh, it, it, why, like, it's because it's not, you know, it feels not safe. Like, it's, mm. and it is that, that minimizing of, of what we've been through. Like, it's like, well, and I, I told you this before, and I had a men's group out in California, and there was a guy in there, and I love him to death, and he would always start with, you know, John, well, look, this isn't as bad as you, and this, that, you know, but, right, and then you go into what he had to say. And finally, one day, I said, I said, Christian, no, no more. Stop minimizing your story, right? Like, and uh, and also, this is a big thing here, client, or compared to patient, right? Like um, people, when they ask for help, then are identified as a patient. Like if you check in somewhere, you're a patient. If you go to the doctor, you're a patient, a therapist, you're a patient, right? Like you are less than that person that you are talking to, right? And that's a message that is passed on. I mean, that's everywhere. And the way that we do it is, no, like, I will show my hands on the screen and I say, we are right here and my hands are even, you know. I'm not up here. You're not down here. We are here together. We are both human beings. We have both lived certain lives and we both deserve the same treatment, right, like the same love and care and kindness and compassion. So, you know, people are held back from asking for help so much because of, I, I really think, um, because they don't want to be a patient, uh, they don't want to be less than, um, they don't want to have others perceive them as less than, as weak, and it's so wild that all those people that may be perceiving that person as weak are weak because they're mm. afraid to right? Like, I mean, majority of people need this. Like, we again, we were not made to do life alone. We were not made to do life alone. And um, it's just so unfortunate that, that people fall into the just shadows, you know, they just kind of fall into the shadows and don't know how to ask for help. And I think of a couple that uh, are, uh, you know, someone that I work with, and unfortunately, it, it's, you know, um, the marriage is not going to work out, and, and, you know, that person had fallen into the shadows and didn't know how to ask for help and was afraid to because of that, their partner and the way they were. And, you know, before that relationship, it was different, and then that relationship changed this person that I work with to a point where asking for help became not okay. It became weak. It became, like... Like, why would you do that? You know, like, what? Ask for help? You know, like, you're weak. Like, like those messages. Like, people actually say those things. It's just mean. Mm. <laughs> it's just mean. Seriously. Like, and, and, you know, right? I think you, you nailed one point, many points, but one that stands out is the word patient. 
So right away when you have to admit or you think you're admitting that, yeah, well, I'm a patient. I have to talk with somebody about my, my mental health. Right away, you feel like you're broken and, and you've, yeah. you're vulnerable, right? Yeah, and that word broken, we absolutely refuse to use it because no, we don't think people are broken. They have every, that, that's saying that something needs to be fixed. There isn't something that needs to be fixed. There needs to be identified. It needs to be understood. Why, when X happens, does Z happen? You know, like, how did I, how do I get from here to here? How does, what goes on in my life? They need to, it's more of the, they need to understand themselves. They need to understand what is anger? What is sadness? What is fear? What does it do to me? And there is no brokenness. We believe that every single person has everything they need inside of them. It's already there. We just have to help them understand it in order to transform and become free. They're not broken. And patient definitely, definitely gives that impression that they are broken. Yeah, our words, the way we use our words um, impacts us greatly, you know, and you know I've been to treatment centers, you know, through my 20s, and I was always a patient, and I wasn't an equal to a therapist or a, um, you know, whoever it was, a psychiatrist, you know, I was less than them, and uh, you aren't treated as a human being, you know, you're treated as less than, and that's, that's not fair. You know, because it's not the truth. And and to that word broken, like, yeah, it's used a lot. And what it says is that there's something wrong with me, right? Like, there's something that needs to be fixed in me, right? When when it's that we say that we're broken or someone says that I am broken or he is broken. And it's like, no, we may hit a breaking point in terms of, of of life like where we're backed into that corner and we feel like we just can't take it anymore right and it it may feel like the word broken is appropriate and really it's just unseen it's it's misunderstood it's unheard it's it's all those things it's it's an and it's an a misunderstanding of ourselves and like that is what it is we don't understand ourselves, and we need someone to help us do that. And, like, that is what I needed. That is what Laura here needed, right? Like, Steve, you've talked about it. You've done things, right? You, sure. You've needed it. And, right, like, we, we – that is why we do this, because people need it, not because they're broken. We empower them to explain to them that they're not broken. They don't need to be fixed. They just have some things that they don't understand about themselves, about where they come from, about why they act the way they act or feel the way they feel. I'll go over the 13 core emotions with people, and most of them don't even know that those are some of those are emotions. Wow. You know, we're not talking. Yeah, right? Mm. And, and uh, it's, it's wild, man. It's wild. And, you know... Yeah, finding freedom, life transformation is where we are now. And one day we will be on a stage and we will do TED Talks and we will get to speak to thousands of people about these things. Like, like this is the beginning. And um, our passion is to change lives. And right now it's one heart at a time. And eventually it will be thousands at a time. And 
this message needs to be passed on. People Without a doubt. Without a broken. doubt. Because yeah. so many people yeah. think they are broken. And the other word I can't stand, and we're just about out of time, but the, the word problem, I n- try yeah. never to use it. I just substitute. I have a challenge. I have a challenge, you know, or I call it, you know, I got to get over a speed bump. Yeah, <laughs> It's not a mountain. Got a little speed yeah. bump. Got to get over. And it's usually either a life challenge that we have to help untangle. Not have to. I can't believe I said that. That we get to untangle with our um, clients or with each other. And there's this untangling that needs to happen because there's so many moving parts of a human spirit, soul, body, mind. Mm-hmm. And we get to help untangle those parts of whatever that speed hump is, whatever that thing is that's in the way or that's causing someone to feel a certain way. When we untangle it, it begins to make sense. And it can be painful, yes. And the biggest message is that you just have to hold on to hope the entire time. If you hold on to hope and you do this work, it will work. And please, I know we're out of time, reach out to us. This passion isn't just for the podcast. This passion is real. And this passion exists on a daily basis. And um, this is what we do. And uh, you are in great hands if you come and you work with us. And that is a promise. Uh And if you are willing, we guarantee you that you will see results and you will find yourself. You just have to be willing. You just have to. You just have to ask for help. That's what goes right back to the beginning, (laughs) and you will walk that journey with anybody and help them every step of the way. The website is Finding Freedom LT, as in life transformation. FindingFreedomLT.com. John and Laura, always great talking with you, and I, I always learn a lot. There's always something there, and and part of that is you know today we talked about realizing things within ourselves, even those emotions. Some of us don't even know what anger feels like, or we think we do. Maybe it's not anger. Maybe it's something else. Figure that out, findingfreedomlt.com. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Have a great weekend. You too. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Let's go inside the mind of a 10-year-old. I should have worn those earrings today. I like those earrings. Gabby has those awesome earrings. I need to ask her where she got those, but that's just what she would want me to do. I'll have Michaela ask her for me. Buckle up, Sarah. Yeah, but then Michaela will be like, why don't you just ask her yourself? That's just like Michaela. Sarah, buckle up. Michaela's such a great name. I wish I was called Michaela. There's like a dozen Sarahs in my class. Hey, we're not hitting the road until you buckle up, honey. Oh yeah, seatbelt. I forget sometimes because my brain is, like, busy, you know? I wonder if there's pizza at school today. Sometimes it can be tough to get through to your kids, but it's not impossible. Always make sure they're wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Remember, you have the keys, you have the power. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information.